Thank you. You can be seated. Let's take our Bibles, please, this morning. Go to Matthew and chapter number 25 in God's Word this morning. Book of Matthew and chapter 25. We're on the subject of stewardship and the importance of stewardship. Thank you, Brother Gonzo, for getting the water. I appreciate that. I've been talking on the mic on the tournament for the last three days. And um, added a cold to it. And so I'm going to hold out on my voice. Um, Now let me mention something that um, we don't always do, but we live in Moore, Oklahoma. We consider the weather. Uh, oftentimes, and I'm told there is a, a severe storm coming in tonight about seven or eight. And uh, I don't want it to uh, inhibit folks from coming. And uh, so what I'd like to do, I'd like to do tonight, just tonight only, have our service at five o'clock instead of six o'clock. Would that be all right with most of you? All right. So uh, we'll have a shorter service unless I get real wound up. We'll we'll have a shorter service tonight, and the Lord will be out at six so you can get home safely. And I know many of you drive a distance to come to church and uh, just to be here. And so um, we'll do that just tonight. So do pass the word. We will put it on um, our website and Facebook. We'll mention that so folks know starting at the, tonight at 5 o'clock will be the service, all right? So do keep that in mind. Okay, Matthew chapter 25 in your Bibles. <clears throat> Let's begin in verse 14. Now, we've been looking at stewardship, and we looked at the stewardship uh, uh, in this passage of Scripture, beginning with verse number 14. And um, so let's begin reading. I'm not going to read all of it, <clears throat> uh, although all of it covers stewardship. And uh, so... Uh, let's, um, let's look at verse number 19. We'll begin here this morning, all right? And the Bible says, After a long time the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest to me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Now, see how joy is connected with stewardship? Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Because he was a a wise steward. God said, well done, and now enter into the joy of. uh, Wise stewardship makes you live a joyful life. Amen? All right, verse 22. Uh, he also that received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I've gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, well done, good and faithful servant. Now notice, the one with two talents, God said the same thing, the same thing as the one with five talents. The matter of stewardship is not how much you have. It's about what you do with what you have. So, <clears throat> You may not have a lot. It doesn't, that's not the issue in God's eyes. The issue is that you're a steward of what God has given you. All right. And again, the joy scene in verse 23, his Lord saith unto him, well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful 
over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. There's joy in stewardship. Then he which had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. And lo, there thou hast that is thine. You know, he didn't even dig it up and bring it to the to his Lord when his Lord came back. He didn't even present it back to the Lord. He hid it and he said, you go get it. It's kind of what he's saying. Verse 26, his Lord answered and said unto him, thou wicked. Now we wouldn't think of, we wouldn't think the word wicked might fit this man, right? Do you think the word wicked might fit the man? In Jesus's eyes, what he did was wicked. Now think of that for a moment. And so uh, unfaithfulness and stewardship in God's eyes can often be looked at as wicked. Now when we think of wicked, we think of, you know, bad things, real evil things, witches and, you know, wizards and all that stuff. That's what we think of when we, but God says when we're not faithful with what we have, it becomes wickedness. All right. Thou wicked, verse 26, <clears throat> thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gathered where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Therefore take the talent from him, and give it unto him that hath ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away, even that which he hath. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your word this morning. Teach us, Lord, thy word this morning. Give us your spirit, Lord, and your heart meet with us, God. Um, I ask that, God, you would be seen this morning in your word and that, Lord, uh, we would, uh, I would, as a human vessel, uh, be hidden behind the cross or the cross of Jesus Christ would be seen this morning. We pray that, Lord, you would... Teach us thy word. Give us a heart. Give us a heart to learn it and to love it and to, to really put it into practice in our life. And so give us that kind of heart, Lord, we pray. As we look at stewardship this morning, in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. <clears throat> stewardship. We find stewardship's principles in, this, in the passage of Scripture that we read. We find these uh, talents were given to each one of the five servants. We know the five talented man, the two talented man were blessed. And we also see the Lord's reaction to the one who had one talent, but he did nothing with it. Um, he could have uh, squandered it. He could have taken it. And he could have um, been productive with it. And that's the point. The point is, God has given us something in life to be productive with. Okay? God has given you something to be productive with. Um, if you have a healthy, a healthy body, God has given you that for you to be productive with. Amen? Um, I think of people who do not have um, a healthy body. I think, for example, maybe it's somebody laid up in a rest home or in a hospital, maybe um, a Down syndrome person or somebody uh, like that. And 
Um, I think, you know, how, how can they glorify God? That sounds amazing, but uh, they have a purpose in life that God can use them too. There is a production in life that God's given them. And it may only be one talent. It may only be one. It may be five. It may be two. And, you know, the goal is not to assess how many talents we have. Think of that for a moment. The goal is not to assess how many talents I have. The goal is to say, Lord, whatever you've given me, whatever, whatever you supplied, Lord, I want to be a faithful steward of that. And you know the key word is faithful, isn't it? Faithful. I was just reading in Proverbs 22 this week about a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. It, you know, it's better to be just faithful in life than to have a bad name. You know, um, I think of that name, Benedict Arnold. Just that name brings up negative connotations in our minds. And, you know, we think of these, these people, but, you know, I'll tell you what. We don't know the name of the, the one talented man, but I'll guarantee you word got around town. And his name got, went around town that, hey, he just wasn't faithful to his master, wasn't faithful to the Lord. So <clears throat> it's important for us in life to remember and to understand that stewardship is not about what we have. It's about the use of what we have. Now, there's some things that you have that you may not think of. And I want to talk about those today. Maybe we'll get through these three. And the first one is the stewardship of time. The stewardship of time. How many of you were alive yesterday? Well, that's unanimous. That's wonderful. First unanimous vote in Baptist church history. Amen. Unanimous. Wonderful. You had yesterday. How many of you can go back and redo yesterday? You can't, can you? Because that time is gone. That 24-hour time period, you will never get back, ever. Once today is over, you'll never get this day back. It's, as it were, sealed in the record books. It becomes history. Yesterday has become history. Think of it. It's become history. We can't get time back. If it were, I'd go back to 29 and put myself on hold. Right? Uh, we can't do it. Time is a precious commodity that's given by God. And the, it's one thing, it's one thing that God has given all of us the same. I mean, I got 24 hours in a day. How many of you got 30 hours yesterday? Anybody get 30 hours? Anybody get more time than me yesterday? We didn't. God's, God evens out time, didn't he? He said, I've given you time. You all get the same amount. And, and so we don't think of t being a steward of time, but time is important. Time is valuable, valuable because time is the opportunity to take what God has given us and put it into faithful practice. Amen? Time. Now go to he, uh, Ephesians. Please, Ephesians chapter 5. Hold your finger in Matthew. We'll be coming back here 
But go to Ephesians 5 and look at verse number 16. <clears throat> and I think most of us know this verse, but there's some words in the verse that I want you to notice. Hebrews 5 and verse number 16. Notice what the Bible says. It says, redeeming the time. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, <clears throat> but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Now, you might circle the word redeeming. And the word redeeming means to rescue. To rescue. Um, time can be frittered away through thoughtlessness. You ever done that? Now, don't get me wrong. God gives us rest, all right? Uh, rest is needed in life. But how many times do we take the time that we have and squander it? Well, we just don't use it for productive purposes. And that's why the Lord's given us a talent. Um, God's given us time. Time is the ability to put the talent in practice. Let me say that again. I don't think you got it. Time is the ability to put the talent in practice. Time. Tomorrow, Lord willing, we'll have time unless your house blows away at 8 o'clock tonight and you're in it. Amen? I hope not. I hope not. Okay? But you had time, and, and tomorrow, there's a sense that I should wake up with this thought of mine. I've got to do something productive today for the Lord. Amen. I've got to do something productive for the Lord. And uh, it doesn't matter, again, your amount of talent. It matters your awareness of time as a steward of it. Okay, some more words in the verse. Uh, second word in the verse is the word time. Do you know what the word time means in this verse? You might write it alongside. It means opportunity. So we're redeeming, we're rescuing the opportunities that we have. Have you ever had an opportunity and you missed it? You ever had an opportunity and missed it? I know a man that he said... Uh, he missed an opportunity to invest in Walmart in 1980. He said, if I'd invest in Walmart in 1980, $2,000 in 1980, it'd be well over $2 million today. <laughs> he said, I could kick myself for not doing that investment. Um, now that's materialistically speaking, but what about spiritually speaking? Do we do we miss our time opportunities to rescue our time spiritually? You know, like we have an opportunity to witness to somebody that uh, you're standing in line at the grocery store. You know, there's time there. You, we could give those tracks away. Amen. Um, there's things we could do if we're just more aware of redeeming the time, rescuing the time. Um, you see, every day is filled with busyness. Every day is filled with work, effort, things that take our mind. But we have to, we have to also say, Lord, I've got time to do for you today. Lord, 
There's time. Help me to rescue my opportunities. Help me to rescue my opportunities. Every day is given by God, isn't it? And um, when you wake up tomorrow, uh, the sun is faithful to rise. And God's faithful to make it rise. And each day, there ought to be something inside of us, an urgency, a, a compulsion, so to speak, to say, Lord, I've, I've got to do something today for you. Lead me, guide me. I think one of the greatest things you can ever do and pray in your morning prayer is say, Lord, guide me today. Guide me today. I need you to guide me through this day. So, redeeming is to rescue. Time is opportunity. There's a third word, and that is the word the days. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Do you know what this literally means? It literally means the space between dawn and dark. Makes sense, doesn't it? The space between dawn and dark, from the time we wake up to the time we go to bed. Amen? Now, in Bible days, they'd usually go to bed a little earlier because they didn't have electricity. And uh, that's why some of you stay up till 2 or 3 in the morning, can't get up for church, amen, on Sunday morning. And uh, just thought I'd throw that in there anyhow. But, um, you know, uh, we have electricity. If you think of it, we really have even a little bit more time than what they had in Bible days. From the time we wake up to the time we go. And in that time, that space of time, that sun come up. And you think about this. Why did God want the sun to come up? Why did God want the sun to come up every day? Why didn't he leave it dark? Because you don't have, Thomas Edison hadn't come along yet and created electricity, right? That's why, no, that's not why. Why did God put the sun in place? He put it in place so that you and I had a day, an opportunity. An opportunity to accomplish something that day for him. Think of that. He caused the sun. The darkness was already there, right? But he created that sun. And then he created the moon, sun, the moon and the stars also. And I think it's a reminder that God made man for this purpose of being productive for him, glorifying him, honoring him in the day. The daytime. Now, you can't do much in the night when you're asleep and snoring. Amen? Yeah, that's hard. But really, have you ever thought of this? Why did God give us sleep? I mean, couldn't he made us creatures that just keep on going and going and going? <laughs> you wish you could, right? <laughs> and then the older you get, the more you realize, I can't do that anymore. Right? Why'd God give us sleep? Give us rest so that when that sun comes up, we can glorify him, praise him, accomplish something productive for him. Amen. And now let me say this too. You know, you, 
men, men and ladies, you go to work sometimes every day and you think, oh, I'm just paying the bills. Oh, no. Oh, no. You are doing something productive for your family and your home. Don't minimize that. Don't minimize that. It's not just the old grind. <laughs> well, it feels like it. I know. But it's more. It's, it's you're putting yourself in a productive place for your home and your family. Amen. That's honorable. That's an honorable thing. So we have this stewardship of time. Are you using your time? Are you rescuing your opportunities? Are you rescuing your opportunities? And we need to see this. We need to have this, this awareness every day, this spiritual awareness that I got an opportunity today. I can do something. <laughs> you fill up with gas. Man, that's an opportunity to put some tracks on that gas pump. You know, um, even in the midst of a busy day or a busy schedule, there's opportunities. There's opportunities. So we need to seize those opportunities because we won't be a wise steward of time. Amen. Okay, so secondly, let's look at there is stewardship in our treasures. Stewardship in our treasures. Luke chapter number 12, please. Hold again your finger in Matthew and let's go to Luke 12. Luke chapter number 12. By the way, uh, the four Gospels are called the Synoptic Gospels. Uh, and we call them that because synoptic means the same or similar. And, and they are. They're similar. They're similar. And they present Christ in four different aspects. Um, and so that's why we call them synoptic gospels. So oftentimes you'll read a story in Luke that you'll see also in Matthew. And it may be a little different. It's presented from a different understanding and a different aspect. Um, and... Um, not to get off on that, but just to, to touch on that uh, gives us a better understanding. Okay, so we have treasures. Now, Luke chapter 12 and verse number 21. Um, <clears throat> notice, uh, let's begin here, verse number 16. Uh, and he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room wherewith to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater in there. Will I bestow all my fruits and my goods? And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast goods laid up for many years. Take thine easy drink and be merry. But God said unto him, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Now notice, he brings forth plentifully here, doesn't he? So God's blessed him with something. Uh, God's given him something. Okay, now his problem though is he switches. He's not thinking about God now. Now he's thinking about what should I do with it? Now, don't we run into the same thing. God blesses you. Something lands in your lap. And the first thought is, now what am I going to do with it? Right? What, what am I going to do with it? And so this spiritual mentality of stewardship 
carries over into these blessings that come to us in life, where we have to understand that God's given us these treasures to glorify Him and to use it as an ability to honor Him and glorify Him. And we have to be aware of that spiritually. And if we're not aware of that, then we fall into this category, this guy right here, where he starts thinking of himself. Well, I, I'll pull down my barns. I'm going to build, I'm going to make me greater something. And, and then he did it for this purpose in verse 19. So he said, I'll say to my soul, thou hast laid up many goods for many years. Take eat, uh, ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Hmm. So the goal of what God had given him was so that he only could enjoy it. And you know, that's not God's way. That's not God's blessings. God wants us to take of what we have and use it also for his glory. And we have to get over. And, and by the way, I don't think God's necessarily against us using some of his blessings in our own life. God's not necessarily against that, but we have to always be spiritually aware and consider the reason God blessed us with something. Amen? We got a check this week returned from our insurance. That's, if you don't believe in miracles, then, <laughs> then you know, just a $123 check. Not much, but Thank the Lord, it's $123. Amen. Um, I'm supposed to think, Lord, why'd you do that for me? <laughs> why'd you do that? And it's a little thing, I know. But we also get bigger blessings sometimes too. And, and so the, the stewardship mentality has to kick in. In everything, right? It has to, it has to kick in. Lord, why'd you give it to me? Did you give it to me so that I could go out? Uh, oh, the first thought in my mind was, what am I going to do with it? See how unspiritual I am? What am I going to do with it? My wife said, I know what I'll do with it. Amen. <laughs> uh, but our first thought ought to be, Lord, why did you give me this? There's a reason. And so, in everything that God gives us is not just for us. We are spiritual sieves. We're spiritual sieves. God doesn't just give to us. God gives through us. And that's the key to joy. A lot of people don't get that. A lot of people don't understand that mentality. They think when you give it, you got it, you give it out, oh man, you lose your joy. Oh no, God replenishes it. God returns it. He takes it and presses it down, shakes it together, gives it to other men. Other men will return to your bosom according to Luke chapter 6, I believe. And, and men return uh, uh, it unto you. God's, God's not going to owe anybody anything. Amen. Um, and so, and by the way, God, we, we find in Proverbs that God sees everything that we give. He sees it. Remember the little widow in the temple? She cast in two mites. Did God notice that? 
He sure did. He saw it. And, and by the way, you think that widow lacked? You think, you think that widow went hungry? I don't think so. I think God probably sent her some $123 checks in the mail every once in a while. To, just remind her, I'm going to take care of you. But you see, the principle of a spiritual sieve is that it, it, everything God gives me doesn't just come to me. It comes through me. Think of this, autom uh, think of your automobile. You know, you, we have an automobile. God give you an automobile. Uh, of course, and we think that's for transportation and use, and it is. But think of this. It's, it's also to use for the glory of God. There are some spiritual purposes for that. Think of that. That's why you should never buy a Ford, because you would miss your spiritual opportunities to... I'm just kidding, all right? I'm just kidding. Okay. Let's get back to spiritual things, right? Okay, so notice verse 21 then. So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. So notice the principle is there's a choice. We can either take what God's given us and use it as treasure for ourselves, or we can take it, be that spiritual sieve. And God takes it and uses it through them. Now, I'm not saying, and I don't think God is teaching, that you give all of your paycheck to God. I don't believe that's the principle. I believe you tithe off it. I believe you give off of the top. I believe you pay your bills. Because if you don't pay your bills and you leave bad testimony, um, and uh, don't take care of your family. You're worse than an infidel. So these principles are all involved in what God gives us and provides to us. But we have to be spiritually, mentally, and spiritually aware of my duty to stewardship. What am I going to give? What am I going to do for God? And somebody once said that you can give without loving. But you cannot love without giving. Boy, that, it, it rings true. It rings true. So God's teaching us how to be rich toward God. Amen? Um, <clears throat> riches are available to every Christian. Now, I'm not teaching the prosperity gospel when I say that. Amen. I'm teaching a spiritual principle. And the only difficulty is, is that you won't always see your riches on this earth. But you will be rich toward God. And, and I think one man put it this way. You can't, um, you can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. Wow, that's good, isn't it? Let's send it up on he ahead. We know there is a spiritual account and a spiritual uh, accounting of things in heaven. Amen. And we know that God sees everything and that he doesn't allow what's given to be unnoticed and forgotten. He is not unrighteous to forget our labor of love. So we have treasures and we have to decide what we're going to do with our treasures. And I think this, this is done oftentimes through prayer and through a 
a surrendered heart of, Lord, what would you have me to do? You didn't give it all to me to, for me to hold on to it. And you gave it to me so, because I've got, I got from sunup till sundown to take what you give me and, and make my day profitable. And, and Lord, just help me, help me to be profitable for you. That ought to be our spirit. That ought to be our heart. All right. Let's go to Matthew 6 now. Matthew 6. Trying to get this in. Matthew 6. Matthew 6, verse 21. Or verse 19. For the context, Matthew 6, 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt. Now God's teaching us that treasures on earth are are corruptible. They're not always they're not always going to last. You buy a new home, you think it's going to last. <laughs> oh no, it's not. It's not going to last. You're going to have to keep fixing it. You're going to have to keep doing things to that. It's not going to last. The good thing is is when you send it on to heaven, it lasts forever and ever. Uh, so lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth <clears throat> and rust doth corrupt. And where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves. Who are you laying up for? Yourself. Right? Did you see that word, yourselves? When I, <clears throat> I'm going to see what I give in heaven someday. I'm not just doing it for the Lord. I'm going to see it myself one day. Lay not up, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Now, this to me is the grace of God seen. Because what he gives me doesn't have to give me. But if I return it to him, he once again returns it to me. Amazing. Um, but lay up, verse 20, but lay up for yourselves Treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt. Now, uh, back in Bible days, moths would eat paper money. You couldn't take your money and put it in a bank. You had to put it, uh, you had to hide it, put it in a bag and put it in the earth or hide it. You couldn't go to a bank. Um, you could go to the those who had uh, usury. It was the, a way of... Uh, investing it, so to speak, and get a return on it. Like investing, okay, you could do that. But if you had money, you had some extra money and in Bible days, or say you had some kind of paper money, a, a moth can get at your paper money. You know, today, if you have a $1 bill and you rip it in half, you can send it into the U.S. Treasury and they'll, they'll send you a, a, a whole one back. So, you know, just go home, rip up all your money. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But in Bible days, it's just malls would eat the paper money. Can you imagine having, you take your, some things you saved, you put them in a bag, you put them in the earth, or you hide it in a corner somewhere, and you come back, it's all moth-eaten. Oh, no, I had that put away. I was, I've, I've been sitting here, eat, sleep, 
drink. I've been living it up because I've been thinking that that's going to get me through. And the malls came and ate it. <laughs> you know, it's better to put it in the bank of heaven. And then when you need it, go to God and he'll pour it out. He'll pour it out. And he has. Well, ask anybody who's learned stewardship principles. They can testify. God will return. God will return what you do and what you give him. And so he's saying, moth or rust. Okay. You know, uh, in, in Israel, they have, I love archaeology. Yeah. And I love Bible archaeology. And it's interesting uh, to learn of the finds that they find archaeologically. And uh, they went and they found, uh, in a, dug up an old house and found a pile of shekels. A pile of shekels. And they would make them out of different materials back at that time. Shekels was the monetary use, Israeli monetary value, like the dollar and the penny here. I found a whole pile of them. Certain ones were just <laughs> rusted out. Other ones like silver, they would last, but some would rust out. You know, someone could have taken that and used that for the glory of God and seen it be useful, but instead it rusted, you know. And, and you know, in life, as we make our life choices of everything we do, we have to consider a lot of things. What would the Lord have me to do? What would the Lord have me to do? And so, so notice verse 21, and this is where I'm heading. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So money isn't, um, not all decisions of life are money matters. Some are just heart matters. Where your heart is, there will your treasure be also. Uh, where is our heart? Okay, so money uh, isn't always something that, uh, money is something that, that has to be decided from our heart, what we do with it. Amen? Now, I don't think it's saying you have a bad heart uh, if you give little. I don't think it's necessary. I think the idea and the understanding is recognizing every day God has given me an ability to do something to redeem the time that day. And if I make $100 a day, $200 or $1,000 a day, it's a good day. No matter what. Somehow this recognition of stewardship needs to kick in. Lord, what, what should I do for you? Well, we know the first thing is to tithe. Right? Um, tithing is... Um, not an optional. Do you know that? Tithe is the first 10% off the top. It's the first fruits, God calls it. It's that first 10% of what we make. That is God's. The Bible tells us uh, the tithe is the Lord's. We give it to God. By the way, I think you'll see the tithe back one day too. Amen. It's the Lord's. But when you get to heaven, you'll see that tithe come back. I believe that. But, um, and, and then beyond that tithe is our giving. It's our spiritual stewardship. Lord, what would you have me to do? 
Lord, give them that. And it's a heart matter. It's not just a money matter. It's a heart matter. And so we have to consider uh, money, time, treasures. All right, thirdly, uh, talents. Go back now to Matthew chapter 25. Go back to Matthew 25. Talents, our abilities. I'm in chapter 24. There we go. Talent. Now, the, the, the man with one talent didn't think he had anything. And he didn't use it. But he really did have something. You know, I think it's, it's a, a bad thing if you have an ability and you don't use it for the Lord. Amen. I appreciate the ladies that play the instruments up here on the front row. God's given them an, an, a talent, an ability to do that. And they use it for the Lord. Um, years ago, somebody asked me, how did you get started playing the organ? Well, <laughs> little old lady came when I was about nine years old. My mother wanted me to learn the organ. Now you can just picture a little old lady sitting in an organ with a nine-year-old boy. And I was a bit gregarious and my mind wasn't on the organ. And she came one lesson and she said, I'll be gone next week out of town and then I'll return the next week. Guess what? She never returned. And I don't blame her. <laughs> Amen. She never came back. And uh, if I see her in heaven, I'm going to ask her, why did you never come back? <laughs> I think I know the answer. <laughs> but... <clears throat> Anyhow, um, something inside me said, you can pick this up yourself. And I started fiddling around with it and used little books that had the big notes on them, you know. And I'd start playing and just kept picking up, kept picking it up, kept learning, desire. Started using chords and started learning notes. Started learning just different things and it just attached my heart. And and I, I really feel I, I should be using it for the Lord if the Lord gave it to me. Now, lots of people can do better, but I'll tell you this much, what little I've got, that one talent, I want to try to use it. And you know, I think it's the same as somebody can sing. Uh, you know, there are folks that sing. <laughs> God didn't really give them that talent. Some of you will catch that later. <laughs> but they do it out of the goodness of their heart. And, uh, but I'm, I'm simply saying that our talents, we have to recognize, why did God give you that talent? A talent. Some people can draw. Some people can, are good on computers. we got some fellows back there good on all that button pushing stuff back there. Amen. I'm glad they are because I'm not. Amen. They, they dig into that, love it, use it. And you know what? It's surprising. Um, we've had over thousands of sermons from this pulpit that people listen to online because they use their talent to do that and to produce that. Praise the Lord. Amen. And, and so, listen, maybe some people have a talent to decorate. 
You know, Autumn, she redid all these mission boards just this past week, you know. Uh, you say, what do I, what do, I do? <laughs> I promise you something. God's given you something. And if you're faithful, you can use it for the Lord. And it's a stewardship of a talent. It's stewardship. I've been given something. Maybe it's just you have an ability to just be kind to people. And people just love your kindness. That is a, a talent, an ability. Don't minimize it. Use it for the Lord. Use it for God. You know, there are times, you, you may not understand this, but there are times when uh, even a preacher kind of gets down and discouraged. And I have to stop and think sometimes, and I know I talk to other preachers too. I have to stop and think, you know, God, you, you've blessed me with something. And Lord, I want to use it for you. I don't want to fail you. Uh, somebody needs me. And I want to use that talent that I have. Whatever it is, may not be great. But that's not the measure of stewardship. The measure of stewardship is what God has given us in our time, our treasures, and our talents. And so we have to ask ourselves these questions. How am I using them for the Lord? How am I using them for the Lord? Do I use them to the fullest of the ability that God's given me? And I think therein is where we find the joy of the Lord is when we use our talents and our abilities and our treasures for the Lord. And so it's an opportunity. Missions conference is an opportunity for us to say, Lord, what have you given me? And you know, I believe this. Oh, even as we give, God returns to us, give even more. <laughs> God challenges us to, to give maybe more. <laughs> uh, and Lord, okay, I'm going to give that to you. Uh, you're not going to lack. You're not going to lack. You mean tell me that God told you to give something so he can sit back and laugh at you while you are hu hungry and in famine? Do, you, do we serve that kind of God? Is that his nature? No, the nature of God is he gave himself to us freely and willingly. Didn't he willingly lay down his life on that cross so that we might have life eternal? And, and God gives us that same thing in life. And so, hey, where's our stewardship? Let's pray. Let's ask God to take our stewardship and use it for his glory and his honor. All right, let's